Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive, or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. Man, what a great... It's Christmas time! Come on! Wake up! It's Christmas time! Yeah! Man, I've been... I love Christmas. You know it. I know you know it. But I'd I'd never get enough of it. It's just the awesome time of year where we celebrate Jesus coming. Matter of fact, this year, and I I told the worship team this morning, I told Riker a few weeks ago, a lot of churches do the build-up, you know, like the, we'll do one Christmas song, and then we'll add another, and then we'll add another. And we've done that all the years up till now. And then this year, I was like, and for the record, it was my idea, mostly. (laughs) And I just thought, that's really stupid. (laughs) It's really dumb. Like, we get four Sundays a year to sing these songs that are centuries and millennia old, celebrating the birth of our Lord. And and it's not like Easter, right? We sing Easter stuff all year round. We sing about the resurrection all the time. And we should, right? That's the centerpiece of our faith. But but this, this moment where we take as a world and recognize he came... Why are, we, why are we waiting on that? Why, are, why, don't, why don't we lean into that? And so I was just like, and everybody knows Pastor Brian loves Christmas. I do, okay? And, uh, and, and so on top of that, look, we're not going to do it before Thanksgiving ever, so relax. I'm, I'm going to do it in my house. You don't have to, okay? But post-Thanksgiving, we are the Christmas church, and it's on. So that's the deal. We're singing it. We're going to worship God through that, and, and I, I love that. And I love this time of year because there is so much wonder in what God did. There's so much like, wow, how you came and what you did for us. It's so amazing. It's so unique, right? There, there's no other religion. There's no other world story like this story. Like Jesus coming into humanity. God packaging himself into an infant. In the middle, in the centerpiece of time, splitting it in half. Coming into relative obscurity, into nothing. Like, that's amazing to me. And, and other religions, they, they, have, they have some wild, weird things and, and some interesting. But Christianity is so unique. But I remember the very first time I met somebody who said they were an atheist. Anybody here remember that time, the first time you met an atheist? Maybe some of you, you if you grew up that way, you know, that's okay. Um, we're glad you're here, but I remember, like, I didn't grow up like that. You know, the first time I met one, I think I was like 14 or 15. And I, it was, I was in theater in high school, and, and uh, the, you know, the theater kids, they're different. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember um, this one kid, and, and they're like, oh, well, I'm an atheist. And I was like, a what? <laughs> well, I don't believe in God. And I just remember sitting there like, Huh? What do you mean you don't believe in God? Like, is that an option? That's what I was thinking. Like, it, I don't think that's on the table, is it? Like, you know, no. It, that, that's like saying, well, I, I don't believe you exist, Brian. Like, what? No, I'm right here. <laughs> and I think as a, just as a young high schooler, I remember just thinking, like, what do you mean? I, that doesn't compute in my brain. You don't believe in God. 
And sure enough, I think they were a lot more pagan, uh, and they even said so. And I was like, yeah, paganism and atheism, they don't mesh. <laughs> Those two don't cross over, but, but they were a high schooler too, so there you go. Um, <laughs> they, don't, they didn't get, like, you can't believe in the spiritual and not believe in a spiritual. Like, it, that doesn't work. Um, you believe in the spiritual or you don't. You know, now what you believe about the spiritual, that's a whole other bag of issues. But it, it was just funny, right? That the, and I remember it striking me and, and even getting to know that person over time, how, how much of a void there seemed to be in their life and how devoid of hope they were and how down they were. And they were all goth, you know, black, dressed black and everything. And nobody understands me, you know, and it was like... <laughs> They do. That's why Hot Topic opened. They really understand you. Um, uh, they get. They get it. <laughs> um, we all get it. So, and and you know, I don't diminish them. They they, they were good for. And I shared my faith with them. They were a kind person. I was. I'm not putting down uh, atheists or anything. I'm talking about this person. But, but I just remember just feeling like they. they there was. When you, when you believe in no God and when you believe in nothing, where does hope lie? You know, like, well, modern medicine, well, that's not working great. Um, we are now on our fourth or fifth round of solutions from the government for COVID. It's going super good. Like, it just, why? Because, because, because our hope just can't be here, right? We can, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of modern medicine, we believe in medicine. I'm all for it. It saved many lives, right? It saved many of your lives, right? Big, big fan. It's just not salvation. It can't save my soul. And I remember this friend, like, they, they, they just, that's why we even use the term, you're saved. We know we're rescued. There's hope in our life. And we weren't just rescued here. We're rescued forever, right? So I don't, I'm not just filled with hope I now have faith for my hope being fulfilled. And I, I look to that day. We long for the day. And his, this young man's life was so empty. Honestly, I don't think I've ever met an atheist that I thought, they're really joyful. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm sure they do. But most, there's such a, there's, there's a cynicism. Why? There's a void. There's, right, because it, if, if you believe in something spiritual, you don't believe in Jesus. It's like, you know, at least you're on some kind of a road. Not the right one, but you're on something. You believe in something outside of yourself and what you can see. But if, if you don't, then you, you've got a major issue, right? And what is that? What it really is is faithlessness. And that's the time we live in. We live in a faithless time. Matter of fact, there's a study recently from Barna just a couple years ago, and if you if you take a look at just the graph, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to it. If you take a look, just I just want you to mainly notice the red mark, okay? Uh, nominal Christians and evangelicals and stuff they haven't moved a lot. Legacy evangelicals would be more main denominations, Presbyterian and stuff. Uh, those are shrinking partially because they're leaving the things of the Bible, they're leaving the things of the Word of God. But specifically, atheism, notice the giant spike from about 2012 on, 10 years ago. And anybody here say, in the last 10 years, our world seems to have dramatically shifted and we're not even sure Why? Some of you are like, I know why. It was the president. Nah, I don't think so. That's giving that person way too much credit. 
I'm sorry, I just, I don't buy that. There's something more going on. Unbelief is on the rise. That says 21%. Now they say it's somewhere between uh, 25 to 30%. It's gone up just in the last couple of years. Faithlessness is on the rise. Why? Good questions. I, I think one thing, just hold that there for another second. Somewhere in there, 2010, 2012, what really took hold? Late 2000s, early, early 2010s. Really? Nobody? Huh? Recession? Uh, that was there, but I don't think that's what it was. Social media, right? Some of you are like, no, I've had MySpace since 2000. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, if you still have MySpace, man, good on you. Way to rock it. Um, <laughs> but, but no, what happened was, what happened was social media and just the constant information age. What we really have right there in that window is the beginnings of the spike of the smartphone. The massive, everybody gets an iPhone or an Android or Blackberry. You guys remember that? Um, <laughs> right? I never had one of those. And I would tell you what you're seeing there is what happened to us. Faithlessness rose because we began to see all the problems in the world on a 24-7 basis. A level of information about the brokenness in our world that we've never seen before. Not to that level. That's what happened. That's my take. Can I prove it? I can't. But I think the numbers kind of bear themselves out. And what happens in that moment is hopelessness goes up when you see, well, what, look at what's happening in Somalia, and look, what, look what's happening in the Ukraine, and look what's happening in China, and North Korea, and, th- and even in our own country, and, and, and things like that. What, what happens in that moment, if you don't have a hope, if you don't have a Savior, hopelessness rises, faithlessness increases. Because what do you have, Right? People even point and say, well, if God were real, then this wouldn't be happening. And I would actually argue, when you look at all those things, it's hard to believe there's a God, but those things would be less frequent if we would look at God. And now we moved into deconstruction, or deconstructionism is now a thing. Rampant in the church, especially in Western nations, which is basically, and, and, and it's beyond the church. It's happening in our country. It's happening in cultures across the globe. Deconstruct the culture because sins of its past, because things we don't like, because uh, there's inequities and things like that. And the problem is that, that it's not that all those points are wrong. There are inequities. There are problems. We always need to fix something. But the problem with deconstruction is to tear something down with no plan to rebuild or, or, or an end result, but it just is just that it's just destruction what is it more of it's more faithlessness it's more emptiness right it's more it's more of the same we're not solving problems we're just making new ones I'm getting rid of that problem. It's kind of like here at Thrive. Some people are like, well, you know, if you get a building one day, you're going to get these kind of problems. And my, my answer actually recently was a city leader. And they're like, you know, and somebody who doesn't necessarily want us in a certain type of space. And I just said, they're like, you know, you'll have new, different problems, a lot of problems with the building. I said, no, we know. We know it's trading problems, but we're ready to make the trade. 
and, uh, and, 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 and now communism, socialism. What, what's the idea behind communism, socialism? A lot of people do are true believers in that as a way of thinking it will help. The problem is they don't ever read a history book. <laughs> a matter of fact, there is actually, did you know, there is one place they found that communism worked in the, in the, in the history of the world. Did you know that? It's on paper. So anyway, so anyway, but it's, it's like this belief that it's going to fix it all. And it's like Jesus is the only fix. It's only him. Without him, we have nothing. But in these days, in these times, it's not that different from the time when Jesus stepped into the world where they're under a certain occupation and it's creeping in more and we don't see a deliverance and we don't see a way out. A lot of people are like, well, once we get the right people back into office, well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I have not seen politicians improve anything that much in the last 20 years. I just haven't, right? And, and, and if you think so, you're like, well, Trump did or something like that's your answer. Or Obama did. Fill in the name you want, okay? Uh, Pritzker did. Um, <laughs> I mean, whatever you want. But here's the thing. Like, it's not, like, if your argument is Trump made it better. Man, it got back really fast if he made it better. Like, I don't think so. What? And I'm all for great governance, right? The Bible talks about that. The Bible even says the people rejoice when the righteous rule. Right? We want that. We want godly people in government. I don't know where they are. I'm praying for them. God raised them up. But, but we want that. But at the end of the day, they still can't be our hope. They still aren't our redeemer. And if you, flash, if you fast forward, I'm sorry, not fast forward, but rewind back to the time of when Jesus was born. Here's what's happened. Israel is under Roman occupation. They're sitting under Roman rule. So they were originally taken over by the Greeks. The Greeks uh, then were eventually defeated by the Romans. So now the Romans are over them. They're not as cruel as the Greeks are to the Jewish people. They let, they're like, you can have your worship, you can do your thing, uh, but if we tell you to do something or change, you, you're going to do it. Um, and that's the way it's going to be. So whereas the Greeks were like, you can't even worship and, and defiled their temple. So it's a little better. Not a lot better, but it's a little better. But they can't worship freely, and they're waiting. See, they're waiting for a Messiah to come, but not like you and me. They're waiting, not like you and me know Jesus. They're waiting for a Savior like we do now. Like, once we get the right guy in office, then or, or girl, uh, uh, lady, you know, what, once that person's in charge, once we, get the, once we get the schools back, and once we, you know what, it never happens. Why? Because that's not salvation. It can't, it can't save, and Jesus knew that. God of the universe knew. When he showed up, everybody was like, he's going to come like a king and be born, and, and then he's going to take over, take over against Rome, and, and we're going to be the dominant nation on the earth, and, and everybody's going to follow our God. And God knew that ultimately our, the problem wasn't political but personal. We needed a savior. And I, somewhere in that story, Mary knew that. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 1. God has not spoken for almost 400 years through a prophet, through a teacher. Nothing major has happened. It's quiet. God is quiet. They're under oppression. And this is a girl in total obscurity. Nobody knows who she is. 
She's not royalty. She's no one. And here's what happens. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Mary's cousin, Elizabeth is giving birth to John the Baptist, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. You know, we always see the pictures of Mary where she's like, you know, one of those, and she's happy, and and the angels are all like, Mary. No, even there, confused and disturbed. Whenever anybody sees an angel in the Bible, they're never like, amazing. (laughs) They're always like, I am going to (laughs) die. And and Mary wasn't any different. Like, this is terrifying. And confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son and name him Jesus. She found favor with the Lord. How does she find favor with the Lord? Because in a time of faithlessness, she had faith. God favors the faithful. Let me let me rephrase it. Rephrase that. God favors the faith-filled. Now, she had no reason to believe. Nothing was going her way. There was no point in her life where she, she, not, she wasn't an American like, I got big dreams. One day I'm going to be Secretary of State. She didn't have that dream because she didn't get to have that dream. Women in her time were a lot more like property than people. And the Lord shows up to her because she had a faith-filled heart that said, God is real, I believe in him, I'm going to follow him, I cling to him. And then one day God shows up and says, I see you, well done, and I'm going to do something powerful through you. There's a principle in scripture that we see over and over and over. God is crazy about people with faith. Some of us don't like that, right? Leave that up for a minute. God is crazy about people with faith. God loves faith-filled people. He loves it. And if some of you, especially the people who are like the anti-prosperity people, and I get it, I get it. Nobody here is driving Lamborghinis, okay? But, and I get, we don't, you know, we don't want to stuff our walls with envelopes and have them fall out when plumbers show up. Okay, uh, Google it. Anyway, (laughs) all right, so, but God is crazy nuts about faith. God sees those who believe him and who he is and takes him at his word, and he's just like, yeah, come on, way to go. God does that. He He just does. He loves that. And he saw that in Mary. He saw a woman who just believed God when she had no reason not to. Here's what I don't mean, okay? Here's what I don't mean. I don't mean people who claim they have big faith, all right? So I'm not talking about the people who are like, you know, they've created like a theology of like levels of faith, you know, where they're like, what level of faith are you on? Well, I'm on level four. Oh, God, yeah, what level are you? Oh, I'm not just on level one. I'm pretty new. You know, but the ones who are like, well, I believed God for this, and he gave it to me, so there I ascended higher, <laughs> right? You guys know who I'm talking about, right? Don't point. 
Okay, but then the, then the people were like, well, I believe God to give me this many people at my church, and he did, so therefore, I have ascended the hill of the, like, I, I, God's just with me, right? And we do that, right? The, and they're like, well, I got, I got COVID, and I prayed, and all of a sudden, it went away within a day. My faith is way up, y'all, you peons with your faith down. My faith is way up here, right? That's what we think. We, we think, but here's the problem. This is still a works mentality. What did Mary do to earn her spot? Nothing. This isn't a gospel of grace. This is a gospel of works. You can't earn God's favor. You can just have faith that God is who he says he is. Now, faith is an active, obedient belief. But obedience is not works. Obedience is following. Works, and when I say works, I mean acts to earn with God. Obedience is a response to what God has already done. A faith-filled person that says, man, I believe you, Lord. I know you're true. I know you're true to your word and you're awesome. And I have no reason to believe right now, but I believe in you. I cling to you. You are who you say you are. Nothing in my circumstance says so, but you are. Because my circumstance does not dictate who you are. So let me put it this way, if this will help you. Faith doesn't climb it grows. Or reverse it. Faith grows. It doesn't climb. If you watch it, look at the New Testament. Every time it's talking about the things of the Lord growing in our life, it almost always uses agricultural terms. Fruit, trees, fields, seeds. It never says, you know, brick upon brick. Why? Because God understood this is a thing that's going to grow in your life. Think a little more like yeast in the oven than climbing to the top. You know what this looks like? This looks like Scientology. Okay? I'm on OT level one. I'm on OT level four. You're on OT level crazy. Okay? I love you. That is not true. Okay? At the top of that is an alien called like Zoltar or something. And I don't hang with it. Okay? I want Jesus. I want the one who came down to me and saw me and said, I came for you. You can't save yourself, but I got this. That's the best news. Too many of us are looking not for faith. We're looking for things like, things like fame. How many of us listen to pastors from big churches all the time? And yeah, they have better podcasts and better production. And it's not that they're all bad and we shouldn't listen to them. But how many of us listen to them solely like have we really examined their life and their teaching? Or we're just listening because they're big. There was a pastor recently, and I'm not going to call out names this week because I'm not into doing that, but there was a pastor recently of a really big church who said something to the effect of, of uh, God doesn't make you new, he makes you better. And I was like, what? 
The New Testament says, I am a new, let's say it again, I am a new creation. So uh, I think the Bible's right, and I think you're wrong. Now hopefully they learn, look, there's no way men and women who preach the word, it's still coming through our human filter, we're going to screw up, and when we screw up, we own it, and we move on. Well, at times, I'll sometimes say something wrong. That's why I'm not Jesus. Wait against the word. Deal with him. Okay? Take the meat. Leave the bones. Okay? But we look for fame. Some of us look for fame or favor with the world. Well, if the world accepts us, then I must then be God's favorite. God's favor must be on me if all the world around me says I'm doing a good job. I know a pastor recently that he's like, if you follow all the protocols the exact way, that's, you know, et cetera. And, but he's a guy who I've watched over and over has now basically created a ministry that says, you know, if I have favor with the world, therefore I must have favor with God. <laughs> Which is not really a biblical narrative. <laughs> Most guys in the Bible... Lost a lot of favor at some point or another. Like, no, not in the New Testament. Really? Have you, did you, do you know the story of what happened to the apostles? Because it ain't great. <laughs> not by our standards. John wasn't being boiled in oil and was like, the Lord's favor is upon my life. He smileth upon me. <laughs> like, that wasn't happening. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't think so. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think when, he, when Jesus shows up in the fire and is walking with them, I think they're like, yeah! <laughs> I don't think they were like, we knew that would happen. <laughs> Good job, us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for doing exactly what I assumed you would. <laughs> no! But it was like, I'm with you no matter what. They were, God loves those who are filled with faith and, and, and they cling to that. We have to take our eyes off of fame. We've got to take our eyes off of favor with the world and, and the wrong groups. Some people are like, oh man, I love, I love what Tommy Barnett said about ministry. Years ago, Tommy Barnett said, and, and he's retired now, he's in his 80s, but he said, But the Lord told him at one point in time, he said, go after the ones nobody wants, and I'll give you the ones that everybody wants. And so that's what he did. And and a lot of famous people went to his church and gave financially to his ministry, but that's not what his focus was, reaching the hurting and the broken and the lost. That's who we want to be. If a church kicked you to the side, man, you're welcome here. If you felt neglected, abused, abandoned, screwed up, you're too messed up, Welcome home. You're wanted here. You are. Because I know the same feeling. I've been there many, many times. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Luke 14, he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, or rich neighbors, for they'll invite you back, and that'll be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who couldn't repay you. You know what we do? And I've watched it, man. I remember we were in Madison, Wisconsin for a lot of years, and there was a very wealthy businessman who loved the Lord in the city, gave a lot in the ministry, and he was awesome. He was, he was a great guy. But, man, whenever he would show up at a group of pastors, oh, my God, every, so many pastors would be like, hey, buddy, come and sit at my table. Come and sit at my table. 
And I just remember just being like, I don't think that's right. I mean, look, does he need Jesus and pastoring as much as everybody else? Absolutely. Should we, the, the wealthy and the widow, should we put our arms around both? Absolutely. Because we're all in need and desperate for the Savior. But at the same time, it shouldn't be they have influence. Come alongside me to get me influence. Oh, man. Let it go. Let's, not, let's, let's put all our faith in Jesus. Let's let him grant us favor. Let's let him position us and, and place us. And that's what Mary did. Nothing was going right for Mary. Nothing was like, she's really on the verge of a breakthrough. No, like, she wasn't about to get that verdict message, right? You're on the verge of your breakthrough. There was no such thing as a breakthrough in Mary's time. Like, that wasn't going to happen. You know what the breakthrough would have been? Don't die by the time you're 30. Woo! Like, that was it. Like, congratulations, you really ascended the hill, right? Like, but the Lord shows up to her and says, you are, you are my favor. Because you have faith in me. I smile on you because you believe in me. That's the best part of faith. It's not earned. See, it's, it's, I like, Tim Keller said it this way. It's not the size of your faith. It's the object of it. It's not how big it is. It's who it's placed in. Now, I believe in Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. If I believe in Jesus, anything can happen. God moves mountains. He'll blow it up for me. He'll take care of me. And if for some reason he doesn't move the mountain, he'll carry me up it or through it or whatever he's got to do. Because if he doesn't move the mountain, it's okay. Because he made it. He's the one who shapes mountains. That's the best news ever. And God is now, we are now in a time God is looking for those who have faith. There's people who won't, not including you, because you're here. There's people who won't come back to church right now because they're terrified. And I understand there are people who are immune compromised. And I don't, I, I know that that's where some are coming from. And I get that. But for those who just won't come back, like, man, you're missing it. I love you. You're missing it. You're missing the body of faith. We're in a gym. Sit in the back. Sit on the other side if you want. <laughs> but get encouraged by the people of God. Get your faith built back up, encouraged. God is looking for that in these times. When everybody else says, my hope is here, my hope is here, my hope is here. Man, my hope is, my hope is in him alone. And that, uh, my faith will stand. You will make it when you say, it's in Jesus. I'm with him. And I'm not leaving him. But you screwed up. Yeah, but it, it isn't about how well I do. It's about what he's done. Hebrews eleven six. It is impossible to please God without faith. It's not blind. It's unseen. It's an obedient follow through. And what the God we can't see, but we know he's real and he's good and I'm with him. I have faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. 
I'm praying for other things. I'm hopeful for the other things. But my faith, what I will follow through on is I will believe and walk with Jesus. And you better believe at some point or another, he is going to honor that in your life. He is going to come through and say, I see your faith. Well done. Mary believed at a time when there was no reason to believe. There's some people who, they've had a pretty good life. Right? They had scholarships, you know, and they married the right people, and they had just physical health, and, you know, they had good genes, and like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Lord bless you. Good for you. And then there's some others of us who, like, it, that is not your story. Life was rough. Your inheritance was like, can I return this? You know, and, 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 and uh, my, your inheritance was somebody else's debt. Faith is most proven and most honorable to God against what is seen. I say, God, Lord, I believe in you when there's no reason to in the natural. When the prophecies aren't coming, when the finances haven't broken through, when health has not favored you, when your kids are in rebellion, when things crumble and fail and fall apart, and you say, but Lord, I stand on you. I believe in you. I trust you. Man, that is where faith is made whole. And that is when not just the Lord is proud of you, but the world watches and wonder. How can you believe right now? Because I'm not believing in what I can see. I'm believing in the unseen God I know. I know he sees me. I know he hears me. I know he calls my name. I know in the worst hour of my life, he has compassion on me. He has mercy on me. He is for me. He didn't send his son to die for me. And then later I messed up and he's like, oh, well, forget it. I know the cross is true. I know the resurrection is real. I know he forgives me. I know his favor is on my life. I know he'll deliver me. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, but even if he doesn't, I will praise him. He will, but even if he doesn't. But he will, but even if he doesn't. And I live in that cycle. I will stay there, and when I fall and falter and mess up and forget, I'm going to get back up. He's going to get me back up, and I'm going to get right back in that place of faith. Come on, soul. Follow the Lord. We're with Jesus. Deal with it. (laughs) And if that means we end up alone, we're never alone because of where my faith is. My faith is in Jesus. If that means I lose my job, it's all right, because my faith is in Jesus. My faith isn't in my job. Some of you, it's in your marriage. Stop. Hopefully you stay married for life, even if you don't. Whether you do or not, your your marriage will let you down at some point. You want to know why? Because you're both people. (laughs) If it's in your finances, 
Stop, because one day you could lose it all like that. If it's in your health, we've discovered health is no guarantee. A lot of great healthy people died from COVID. A lot of people that should have died from COVID are just fine. Doesn't make sense, does it? Our faith is in Jesus, in my Savior, in my Lord. That's the story of Job. I don't have the verses, but do you know the story of Job? Do you know his story? He lost everything, quite literally. In the story of Job, long story short, he had kids, rebellious kids, who did not love God, but they were still his kids. They were all killed in an accident. And then shortly after that, he lost his health. His body's covered in boils, and we don't know what else. And then here's the best part. Then his wife, at the end of it all, says, why don't you just curse God and die? Which is a nice way of saying, why don't you go to hell? Like, Thanks for the support, honey. That's good. You need to probably pick up a Gary Chapman book and read through it. <laughs> I mean, it just was not good. And, and he lost all his business and money. So for some of you, you know, whatever it is, he lost everything. He lost his health. He lost his family. He lost, uh, just about lost his marriage. He lost his business and, and his income. And he clung to the Lord anyway. And eventually the Lord paid him back and paid him in full. And he was blessed and, and God restored. And, and he had more children. And, and his businesses were more successful. God blessed his life and took care of him. But the Lord was just honored by his faith. It doesn't explain why. And if you find somebody, I know why Job happened. Like, stop listening, because nobody does fully. The best part of Job is that we don't know why, but we know who. God came through. God took care of him. God saw him, and God honored him. God saw a man of faith and says, I'm with you. And the world stood in awe and wonder. things are hard, it's hard to have faith. It just is. It's hard to believe God and see when so much of what we see with our natural eyes is so bad. So broken, so wrong. If I'm honest, this week uh, I, I heard the story, I heard it before they heard it again this morning. Chicago Public Schools have now said uh, just open bathrooms to, you know, whatever your sexual identity is given that day. And we have the most violent crimes in the entire country. We have kids dying. We have an incredibly low literacy rate in our public schools. But you know what we got to tackle? Open bathrooms. God, where are you? What's going on? Get it. I believe in you. I believe that you are going to show off and show up and move mountains and speak and restore and, be, and show off on your righteousness. And, and it, man, if I go, if I cross the grave believing that, you know what? We will be heroes of the faith 
Not, we won't be mocked for believing till we passed away. We'll be rewarded. We'll be greeted in heaven by throngs of saints saying, that a boy, that a girl, well done. Hebrews, the verse we we're talking about today, some of the verses, Hebrews 11 and 12, talks about a whole list of saints. Abraham never saw God's promise in his lifetime. He had one kid in the end that was a fulfillment of the promise. And then he died. But God's word still came to pass. Enoch. Noah. Man, the first guy ever to be excited about a rainy day. (laughs) Can you imagine building a boat for that long? over and over and over just saying but I believe in Jesus I believe in my Savior I believe in my Redeemer I know I have no reason to but but he is who he says he is and he's gonna come through for me how do we do this the Bible tells us Hebrews 12 too we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside Jesus' throne. Hebrews 12:2. We put our eyes on Jesus. We look at the manger, we look at the cross, we look at the open and empty tomb, we look at our Savior and say, Man, I believe in you. I don't believe in me. I believe in you. Stop believing in you. You don't need to. That's the best news ever. Believe in him. And he'll change you. Make you like him. Church, I tell you, be encouraged today. Not because of what's going to happen, but because of what's already happened. And that God is still in charge. He's still in control. He still rules and reigns. He still, and he will forever. Some of you are like, but I've been unfaithful. That's okay. He already was. He already is. He's faithful. When you're unfaithful, it's all good because he is. When you fall, it's all right. He never does. When you lose the battle, it's all right. He never loses. And we put all our faith that you will carry me you will hold me you will come through you will break through i will be like david i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living my faith is in you jesus you you have all my devotion lord you have my heart Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. 